Hello world and welcome to the program. This is Alex and the new episode of Ukrainian Unleashed, a podcast where you'll get along with Ukrainians and also observe how the global scenery impacts Ukrainian society in these exciting times. We speak about events, trends, individuals and lifestyles of modern Ukrainians. So let's jump right in! Ukraine gained its independence after the adoption of several documents declaring state sovereignty. The legitimacy of these steps of the Verkhovna Rada was confirmed by the all-Ukrainian referendum then. In three decades, Ukraine has experienced more crises than neighboring countries, including a temporary loss of part of the territories in 2014. For almost the entire first decade of independence, real GDP declined together with the incomes of all Ukrainians. In the mid-2000s, this trend broke, but not for long, as the prosperity of the Ukrainian economy was hampered by global economic shocks and military aggression by the Russian Federation. So how did Ukraine survive these blows and was it able to surpass the economic figures of 1991? This is Alex and you're listening to Ukrainian Unleashed podcast. Let's go! The Ukrainian online media ThePage.ua analyzed how Ukraine has changed over the 30 years of independence, which spheres of public life have evolved the most and which, on the contrary, have taken a step back, as well as how the foreign policy vector of Ukrainians and foreign attitudes to Ukraine has changed. And Ukrainian experts interviewed by the Economic Pravda online media will help us to understand this. Oleksiy Harain, professor of Kyivo-Mogilansk Academia in Kiev, scientific director of the Democratic Initiatives Foundation, commented that Ukraine had failed to achieve high growth rates in the early 1990s, in particular due to the lack of radical economic reforms. We have not been able to achieve high growth rates because we have not carried out such radical economic reforms as, for example, Balcerowicz carried out in Poland. Therefore, this reform has been very protracted. Another disadvantage is the formation of an oligarchic economy. The problem is that yes, we have a middle class today, but it continues to be under administrative tax pressure, under the pressure of the oligarchs' monopolies, and so on. In Ukraine, all governments tried to cover the large budget deficit with borrowings. In the first years of independence, the national debt was relatively small, and after the crisis of 2008, it began to increase. According to the Ministry of Finance, at the end of June 2021, the total amount of state and state-guaranteed debt of Ukraine reached 92 billion US dollars or more than 2.5 trillion grivnas. And this is more than the two budgets of Ukraine in 2021. For many Ukrainians, public debt is associated with the International Monetary Fund, a key creditor of the state, especially after 2014. Some politicians still speculate on Ukraine's relations with the fund, calling them debt bondage. Although in reality the amount of Ukraine's debt on International Monetary Fund loans is often exaggerated. In July 2021, the amount owned to IMF was only 13% of the country's total liabilities, including government-guaranteed debt. 
Alexander Pali, a historian and candidate of political sciences, noted significant changes in the state's economy over the past 30 years. I remember the economic helplessness of the people and the whole country in the 1990s. There were no basic goods. Today Ukraine produces almost all vital goods. This raised a fairly large middle class. Ukraine now grows two and a half times more grain than in the 1990s. New startups are seriously growing, especially in the field of IT. The structure of exports in recent years is dominated by agriculture, metallurgy and services, including revenues from gas transit. So grain, sunflower oil and other agricultural products have become the main items of Ukrainian exports. They generate almost half of foreign exchange earnings from exports of goods. In the mid-90s, their share did not exceed 20%, said Dragon Capital chief economist Olena Bilan. Oil, gas, electronics, machinery and services are among the goods that Ukraine imports. The structure of imports has also changed significantly. If in the mid-90s energy imports dominated, now their share is approaching 20%, adds Bilan. According to the World Bank, the population of Ukraine as of 1991 was 52 million people. Since independence, this figure increased only in 1992 and in 1993 and reached 52,200,000 citizens. After that, the population of Ukraine decreased. In 2020, the World Bank numbered just over 44 million Ukrainians. In addition to natural factors, the decrease in the number of Ukrainians is also influenced by the migration movement. According to estimates by the United Nations Population Department, the number of immigrants from Ukraine in 2019 almost reached 6 million people. As Alexander Pali explains, in the 1990s a massive wave of emigration was caused by the fact that it became possible at all. A total of several million people have left Ukraine since 90s. That's a lot. This was facilitated primarily by the emergence of the most realistic opportunity to immigrate. And also, especially in the 1990s, the inability of many to care for their own families. Nowadays, people emigrate not to escape economic poverty, but seeking new opportunities. The Corruption Perceptions Index is an indicator calculated since 1995 by Transparency International based on 13 surveys by reputable international institutions and research centers. In 1998, when the CPI was first calculated in Ukraine, the country received 2.8 points and ranked 69th among 85 countries. The lowest score was in 2000, 1.5 points and 87th place among 90 other countries of the world. Over the last year, Ukraine's indicators in the Corruption Perception Index have grown by 3 points. So with a total 33 points out of 100 possible, we received 117th place out of 180 countries in the list. Next to us in the ranking are Egypt, Nepal, Sierra Leone and Zambia. All of these countries also scored 33 points in 2020.
Volodymyr Fesenko says that large-scale corruption in Ukraine was formed during the emergence and growth of wild capitalism, especially during the second half of the 90s and early 2000s. Initially, this happened in the economic sphere, affecting the relevant state institutions. There was an interpenetration of big money and great power, including big politics. In the early 2000s, there was almost total corruption of the judiciary and to a large extent of the law enforcement system. Corruption temptations turned out to be too attractive for our elite and the fight against corruption was almost non-existent at the time. Under Yanukovych's presidency, corruption became systematic and hierarchically organized. Vladimir Fesenko says that the real fight against corruption began only with the beginning of anti-corruption reform and with a great push from Western partners in 2015. The scale of corruption is so great that you can't overcome it, and opposition to anti-corruption reform is very high. We need a real war on corruption, a systematic and purposeful fight against it. And we need to start with a total cleansing, a restart of the judiciary and the fight against political corruption in the political sphere. Ukraine needs significant investment to change the structure of its economy, but foreign investors are in no hurry to invest. Perhaps the biggest constraint on them is the lack of confidence in the protection of property rights. Economists interviewed by the Economic Pravda online media agree that Ukraine will not be able to make a significant economic breakthrough shortly without reforms in the judiciary and law enforcement. So let's hope to see these changes in the nearest perspective. This has been Ukrainian Unleashed. Thanks for being here with me, guys. See you very soon. This was a new episode of Ukrainian Unleashed podcast. Thanks for being here with me. I also would love to thank Purple Planet for lovely musical compositions used in this episode. We did our best to extend our presence all over the web, so you may find us everywhere, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, check our pages in social media with fresh updates. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram accounts are waiting for you. See you very soon, guys!